Welcome to another episode of the Truth Be Told podcast. In this episode, we talked to Dylan, a young man who has went through so much already at a young age that honestly it blows my mind when I think about it. In our conversation, you're going to hear about a life from starting in the church at a young age to a young man that experienced church hurt, something that's very common in churches today that caused Dylan to run far, far away, all the way into a life of atheism. And we get to hear his story about the things that he did, the decisions that he made, and where it led him. But praise God, because ultimately, it led him to a divine encounter with Jesus Christ all by himself. So Dylan's story reminds me of 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and I'd like to read this before we get into this episode. It reads, For it is God who commanded, let light shine out of the darkness, who is shown in our hearts to bring the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so Dylan, myself, and our team, we pray that this episode will bless you and encourage you in your faith and your walk with God. And if you've ever questioned, if you've, ever, if you've never given your life to Jesus, and maybe you're far away from God, please listen to this story and let it bring hope and light into your heart. Thank you for listening to the Truth Be Told podcast. God bless. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord, man. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's do it. Let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's start with simple stuff. What is your name, and where'd you grow up? Uh, well, my name's Dylan Crutchley. Uh, I grew up in Alton, Illinois. I've uh, been living in Alton all my life, pretty much. There was a small season there for about nine months where I lived in St. Charles. Um, some of the darkest times of my life were living in St. Charles. St. Charles? Yeah. But you grew up in Alton. Grew up in Alton, yeah. Um, I, I grew up in a, in a Christian background. Um, you know, I was introduced to, introduced to Christ at a young age. How? Um, so my, my grandpa, um, all my grandparents, you know, they planted seeds. They, they kept planting seeds. Um, but as I got older, I, uh, I began questioning and rebelling you know the rebellion started at a young age too um, I was always under this impression that oh well I've accepted Christ so that means I'm free to do whatever I want yeah I can just go and keep sinning and just love my sin and I don't You're going to heaven anyway yeah yeah uh, and I that's and that's one thing that the enemy is good at convincing believers of sure is that hey um well, you've you've um, you've accepted that he died for you, so you just go ahead and do whatever you want now. Or like you said a little prayer one time, yeah. and invited Jesus in your heart, and yeah. so now you can just go on and live your life in the flesh and do whatever you want. Yep. Well, um, let me ask you. So, um, so I like I like to kind of go chronological. It helps me to understand and just kind of see the pathway of your life. You know, um, so you had your grandpa. Mm-hmm. Christian man. Yep. Did he take Did he take you to church? Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. So you, what church did you go to? Uh, so I forget what the name of it was called. It's actually so the place that my grandpa took me to. Um, 
it's not a church anymore. It's actually a Christian bookstore, mm. and it's uh, it's in Alton on um, I think Henry Street, maybe. Yeah, okay. it's right down the street from Duke's Bakery. All right, and um, like I said, there there is a little sanctuary in there. And the bookstore, I believe, has always been there, but there's there's a sanctuary in there and very small group of people that would meet there. And uh, it had a, a small little youth group. We would go down in the basement. Um, that was always enjoyable for me. And then um, I also went with my grandma um, on my dad's side. She used to take me to, um, I forget what it's called too, but there was a, there was a church right there by... Um, so you know where the skate park is in Woods River. There's like a little skate yeah. park, and then you got uh, Lost Trace. There was a church right there, like right by that apartment complex. Um, I know there's a Methodist the, church there now or something. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same people or not, but yeah. um, that's something that I kind of, uh, through that experience also, like with that church, um, was when I went there, I felt because I was probably ten when I was going there, and I would never go down to the youth group because I wanted to hear the pastor preaching the word. Oh, you know. Um, but then I experienced. Um, I, I don't want to call it church hurt, but I experienced a pastor who had fallen away from the Lord, and. Um, that made me question a lot, you know. That um, is very common. Yeah, yeah. Um, so not to get too deep into it, but, you know, I would go and I would love to hear this pastor preach because he was just on fire when I heard him preach. And then he ended up leaving his wife and he went and married a man mm. and completely just fell away from the church. Yeah. And, um made me question a lot yeah so i want to i want to let's let's touch on this for a second um because you're not alone yeah you know uh unfortunately this happens but pastors are men yeah you know pastors struggle against you know their flesh just like any anyone else does yeah but again from your perspective can you take us through a little bit like what that made you think what that made you feel um about the faith in general it just made me think uh well, for one thing, it helped me to justify my sin. It made me think, oh, well, hmm. if he can do stuff like that, then I can do stuff like that. And I can go down this path, too. And, hmm. you know. Um, yeah. It just, it, and it created a um, almost stiff arm of the church in general. Like, I, I start, began to stiff arm the church because I thought I started looking at the church as hypocritical. Yeah. You know, um, which we do struggle with that. You know, as the church, sometimes we, I know from my personal experience, since I've been walking with Christ this past year, my main struggle that always leads to more struggle is pride. Mm. And, um, you know, when I first started walking with the Lord a year ago, I started getting this idea like, oh, well, I'm better than people, the non-believers. But the truth is, is that 
I'm just as susceptible to falling into sin as anybody is. Yeah. You know, and I'm fully dependent on the Lord to help me in my struggle with sin. Amen. All right. So you're 10 years old. You had some people in your life that you said planted some seeds. Mm -hmm. You, at that point, you'd say you believed in Jesus. You were a Christian. Uh, But at 10 years old, this happens in the church. And now you're like, wait a minute. Maybe this isn't what I thought. It was probably a little bit later than 10, but that's probably when I started really like... um, Was that like a defining point though? Yeah, probably about 10 years old is when I would go to church and I would want to hear the pastor preaching instead of going to the... Instead of going down to the youth group. Okay, okay. So what year was it when this um, happened where where your pastor uh, fell? I was probably maybe 12, 13, somewhere around there. Um, And I always had a connection with this pastor too. That's what what threw me off because, Mm. you know, I would always want to speak to him after the sermons. And he was just so, like, loving and humble, you know. Um, And I still pray for him to this day, you know. Absolutely, praise God. You know, because, like I said, I'm I'm fully susceptible to falling away, just how anybody else is, mm-hmm. and and that's why for me it's important to depend upon Christ. I cannot put my trust in myself. I don't trust myself yeah. at all. You know, so yeah. you got to walk by the Spirit, brother. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Now, in your teen years. Rebellious spirit starts yeah. coming on you. Tell us about that, if you don't mind. So, uh, let's see. I think sixth grade was when I started going down the path of drinking, smoking weed, and I always fell for the lie that, oh, well, God made weed, so yeah. I'm supposed to use it. Yeah. You know, because, and, and I know that God made weed. I know it has some medicinal values but we tend as human beings we tend to look at that and we use it as an excuse to live for it and abuse it Mm -hmm. and um so you know this all this stuff started to grow um all i could think about was my next buzz my next time smoking um you had friends that hung out with you that did the same thing oh yeah yeah and you know that's what we lived for in high school was our, our next our next high um, and it always, and it always grows when, when you're doing, when you're just starting smoking weed. Um, I don't, you know, I know weed is a gateway drug and that sounds cliche, mm-hmm. but it is really a gateway drug. Um, especially when you're in high school and that's all you think about. And then other things start getting introduced, Yeah, you know, pills and just when you're living for a high, you're going to want to try a new high mm-hmm. and it's. You know, it's hard to explain. Like, what else is out there? Yeah. You know, because marijuana has that effect of the mind. It's more of a psychological, uh, it's different. Yeah. It's not like alcohol. Yeah. Um, and so, were you still in Alton at this point? Or? Yeah, yeah, still in Alton. Okay. Um, you know, just my entire high school time. So, I dropped out right after sophomore year, but from probably seventh grade all the way through just about a year ago, I lived for the buzz, mm. for the buzz in the flesh. Yeah. You know, uh, whatever made my flesh feel good. Were you happy? You know? No, absolutely not. Um, 
I try to convince myself that I was happy. Um, but then, yeah. you know, like I said, these things grow. Sure. Um, and probably at the age of 21, I started dabbling in cocaine and mm. going out to the bars and drinking and driving and just putting my life in danger. And um, as I look back, I know that God... It's God is the reason why I'm alive today. Amen. You know, the, the amount of danger that I put myself in, you know, driving, blackout, how many nights I've, I woke up wow. on the couch fully dressed, not remembering how I got there. Mm. Um, and by the grace of God, I didn't get any DUIs or any car accidents. Hurt somebody, yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Wow. And, uh, but anyway, you know, Probably around 21, 22, um, you know, I was doing all the, these things, and then I got introduced to psychedelics. And before I started taking psychedelics, I was like, you know what, I, I'm just searching for truth. Because I had heard so much that when you take psychedelics, they're enlightening, and they change you, and you'll see things so much differently, and your life will be better. And mm -hmm. um, So I started taking psychedelics, and... What kind of psychedelics? I'm curious because I know there's like, I know Joe Rogan had pushed or not. I'm not saying pushed it, but he talked a lot about DMT. Well, yeah. Um, so the thing <coughs> with me is I have an addictive personality, and I know that they say psychedelics ain't addictive, which I don't. I don't want to say they are addictive, but my addictive personality took over. Mm -hmm. um, and the first time I really got into that realm was on acid okay and i wanted to get as far into as i could go so i think i took like three hits of like some really strong acid and um it was just a whole new world for me at that point you know um and i loved it i mean i absolutely loved it can you describe it for me because i've never i've never taken acid before um i've i have taken psychedelics before but I've never taken acid. So, like, one of the first experiences that I can remember is going outside, not knowing if it was fully kicking in, not knowing if it was working. Yeah. And I looked up in the sky, and there was, like, clouds going around the moon. But then the clouds just turned into faces and started, like, coming down at me. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. I believe it, it, it was demonic. Wow. I, I think there was a lot of demonic forces that I invited in through psychedelics. Yeah. Um, and, like, I would sit there and I would... And after experiencing that and coming out of it, I was like, oh, man, that's just so cool. And I just kept do, doing these things. And at the beginning of this cycle, um, I always had it in my mind. I'm not going to deny Jesus. I'm not going to deny him. But then as, as the psychedelics continued to grow, um, there would be times when I would be sitting there and I would take large doses of mushrooms. Mm. And um, I would be sitting there and... What I w believed at the time was that the universe was communicating with me. And, like, I would see, like, these numbers and codes and, like, which was all a lie. It was all hallucination, yeah. you know. Um, 
but I'd be seeing these things and I would be believing that the universe was giving me this information that nobody knew. Mm. And, um, and you, did, you, you, you probably feel like you're like tapping into this new yeah. level of consciousness yes. and you're expanding your reality and that you said you've been interested in truth, maybe receiving that truth for, right? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that when the enemy comes, he doesn't come as, hey, I'm here, I'm here to destroy you. He doesn't, he's very covert. Yeah. Um, and he comes as an angel of light. That's right. You know, because the enemy, Satan, came from heaven. Um, from our understanding, when we have encounters with the enemy, he's, He's beautiful to us mm -hmm. because we can't perceive how evil he is because he did come from heaven. Wow. You know, That's he right. fell out of heaven. And uh, so I'm going through all this stuff and I'm just like, I feel, I'm feeling so enlightened. I was going to say, that sounds you like know? enlightenment, yeah, right? Yeah, I just felt so enlightened. I thought I knew everything. I thought that I was, uh, could manifest. That That's uh, another thing. It's like I started falling for the lie that, oh, I can just speak things into existence. I can... Which I never could, but yeah. I, I thought I could. Where'd you learn that from? I'm curious. When it comes to manifest, because I, I got a few books and a couple of documentaries in my mind that I know popularized this years ago. Yeah. But um, do you remember like a book or a, somewhere you first got turned on to that? It just seems to be the trend, like the YouTube, uh, Instagram reel type of trend okay. at the time. Yeah. And I, I know that it had been in the back of my mind because I had heard it. Yeah. You know, from the world. Yeah. And... Um, as I'm doing these shrooms and, and psychedelics, all this stuff is very appealing to me at the time. And, um, you know, so yeah. I start falling for it. And then I got to a point where I started thinking that I was a Hindu. I started saying, oh, well, I'm a Hindu Christian because I still didn't want to deny the name of Jesus. Yeah. I still did not want to deny his name because I knew that I was a sinner and I knew that he was my only hope for salvation. Um, but as it continued to grow, I would, I would become sober. I would sober up from these experiences, and the Holy Spirit would tell me, Dylan, stop, stop this. And I just kept stiff-arming him. Mm -hmm. I kept saying, oh, well, I need, I need to do this so I can know more, so I can learn more about creation and about the universe. And I had it in my mind. Uh, like I, One night I was sitting there tripping, and I had it in my mind, I'm going to write a book about everything that I experienced. For the next couple years, I'm going to trip every single night, and I'm going to write down what I've experienced tonight. Never did that, <laughs> but yeah. it was an idea that came to me. Yeah. Um, but the, the truth is, is that everything that I had experienced was all lies. It was just lies. Um, I was inviting an enemy in to my body, mm -hmm. and this enemy was destroying my mind. You know, um, but like you said, it you, that's not it's not like it's not like you were uh, one day decided, hey, you know what? I want to go ahead and just let all this darkness in. Yeah, you're just saying I want to know what truth is. Mm -hmm. I want to expand my mind, my consciousness. Psychedelics is where it's at. Yep. And you feel for a time you're getting it. Yep. Um, and like even like manifesting stuff. What what is that? Okay, because can you give us a description of manifesting? So. From my understanding, manifesting would be saying this is going to happen, this or speaking something into existence. You know, 
as if you're a creator. Yeah. Made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Exactly. You have that ability, right? Exactly. See how that works, you know? Yeah. So in my mind at the time, I was thinking, okay, well, God spoke us into existence. We are made in the image of God and in the likeness of Him. So if He can do it, that means that I can do it too. Yeah. And um, so I fell for that. And um, like I said, I was going down this path of thinking I was a Hindu Christian uh, because of some of the things that I had seen on psychedelics. Yeah. Um, and I began to think that I could manifest, not remembering all the prayers that God had answered for me sure. before psychedelics were intru- introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept going down this path. And then the manifesting never worked. And I just started feeling lost. Like, well, why is this not working? Mm-hmm. The, the universe told me this would work. <laughs> were you, um, cause, so were you working somewhere? What were you trying to manifest, if you don't mind? And um, then, so I want to I hear about where you were physically in the world, but also I, wanna, I do want to talk about your heart yeah. at this point. Yeah, so at that time, um, you know, I was married at the time and I was not happy in my marriage. Um, my marriage was never built on Christ. Mm-hmm. My marriage was built on self. Um, when I got married, I got married because here I was, 19 years old, young kid, and my wife was 20 years older than me, mm-hmm. and she provided all my needs, all my wants of the flesh. Yeah, she provided weed for me. She bought all this stuff for me. Uh, she was financially secure. Yeah, and. Um, then it got to a point where, um, in my job, I started making good money, and I because I was a tattoo artist, and I started an apprenticeship when I was 18, and it took a few years for me to start making good money doing that. Mm-hmm. So when I started making good money, I, I started growing prideful, and I was like, okay, well, it's time for me to leave this marriage because I can provide for myself now. Yeah, you know, um, but the marriage wasn't. When I left the marriage, it the marriage was ruined because of my adultery, my my sin mm. killed the marriage. Yeah, um, I was faithless at the time, you know, and um, the marriage was ruined because of that. It mm. wasn't built on Christ, and you're just seeking self satisfaction, yeah. walking your own path, not really worried about. Who gets left in the, in the, in the wake of that destruction, yeah. right? So, um, so the manifesting part comes in when I, when I leave the marriage. I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find somebody better. I'm going to marry somebody better. I'm going to have this perfect marriage. Um, and I was having an affair at the time with another woman who was married. And um, all this came from this lifestyle that I was living because before my marriage failed, we thought it would be our last, our last opportunity to save our marriage. We went into the, the swinger lifestyle, Mm. you know, and this was all me trying to manifest. Yeah. You know, I was speaking all these things. Oh, well, if we do this, we're going to, our marriage will be all right. You know, if we just have freedom in our marriage to do whatever we want, yes, then we'll, you know, we'll survive. Our marriage will survive. And sure enough, it failed. 
Yeah. Because that was never the will of God. God never looks at a marriage and says, oh, you, you know what I mean? God yeah. wants there to be unity in the marriage That's and, right. and to, the, the marriage bed to be kept holy. Amen. You know, um, so, you know, we started going down this path and I met mm. this woman in this lifestyle and this swinger lifestyle and the enemy convinced me that I was in love with her and wanted to be with her. So, and my wife knew what was going on and she was like, all right, you're getting too, too serious about this girl. You need yeah. to be done. And I refused to cut her off um, because of what I thought I was feeling in my heart yeah. and in my soul. It was really in my flesh. Yeah. You know, and I was in a demonic stronghold at the time. Uh, this was a stronghold. Mm. You know, uh, the enemy had me fully convinced that she was the woman who I was meant to be with. And, and let me let me let me interject one thing real quick for those that are listening, um, because when you say the word enemy, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put off the three that the Bible makes very clear, mm-hmm. because there's not just one enemy. Oh yeah, there's three yeah. enemies, mm-hmm. and uh, the first one, well we can we, we'll go we'll go um, us first, okay? Mm-hmm. The first one's the flesh. Yep, that is our desires. You know, we want to um, feel good. Yeah. And this is where pride comes in, right? Yep. You want to get what you can get to feel good regardless of who it hurts or whatever it takes. Yep. That's the flesh. The second one is the world. Yep. And the world is designed to seduce our flesh. That's why, you know, especially in America where it's all about consumerism, materialism, and all that kind of stuff, it seduces us to feed that flesh. Mm-hmm. And so that's the world system is the second enemy. And then the third one would be the kingdom of darkness itself yeah. where satan is his angels and also the demons that he commands that are very real yep and so we can be attacked by the flesh which is our own desires the world can bring that on to us but then you also do have real demonic influence Mm -hmm. demons can they can put thoughts in our minds and they can uh, influence us through their means yep and uh, so that when you say enemy you know just for those that are listening you know it's it's, it could be a combination but we're not necessarily saying which one but i'd say a lot of it is that, that pride that, that yeah. you mentioned earlier. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and but the thing is, is like during that time, I was under the influence of all three. Yeah, because like if we fall for one of those enemies, eventually we're going to fall for the other one. Eventually, we're going to be fully in a stronghold. There you go. Yeah, serving all three of them. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that's where I was. I was in the stronghold where I was serving myself. Um, I was trying to fit in with the world, and I was falling for the lies of this spiritual force that I had had communication with. Because yeah. uh, I was communicating with this with this demonic force. Uh, okay. I, I didn't want to accept that it was demonic. You know, I thought it was was good. You know, um, but there came a time during all that where I finally said, "Okay, I don't believe in the Bible." I, you know, I finally said, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe that that sin is sin. Um, I think that all this stuff is, is just written to control us. Mm. And uh, I fell for all that. So, and all that came from the spiritual um, war that I was in when I was taking these shrooms. Yeah. And all the information that I was, um, felt that I was receiving during that time, you know, um, so anyway, you know, I'm, I finally got to that point where I was like, okay, I don't believe. 
Um, but then the demon started truly manifesting itself and making itself known. So you were having we, contact with a demon? Yes. And yes. Would, it, would it just talk to you in your mind? You could hear it? Or keep and, going about what you're saying? In my mind, I thought that I was having communication with God. In my mind, I thought that this was God speaking to me. Um, but not the God of the Bible? Not the God of the Bible. It was, so, it was um, I thought it was God. It was not God. It was definitely demonic. And especially when I look back on it, I can think of times when the demon clearly manifested itself and made it known that it was a demon. Um, because my mom, she knew that I, all this was going on, and she kept praying. She, she kept praying for me. There was a time when she actually bought me a Bible, and she said, you need to start reading the Bible. And um, I had no knowledge of Scripture. Like, I had no knowledge of Scripture at all. Yeah. There was a couple little verses here and there that I had heard and remembered um, and thought, oh, well, that's just controlling, you know, just pride. You know, my pride was looking at myself yeah. as having more knowledge than the Word of God. Well, the Bible would and, say that you were free because, you know, people want to look for that path of freedom. Yeah. And the Bible would say that you were free from righteousness. Mm-hmm. But you're a slave to sin, but you wouldn't say that. You would say you're free in regards of righteousness, mm-hmm. right? That's that whole pride movement. All that we are free. Yeah. We don't have, this is no, this isn't true. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, my mom knew all this and there came a time when the demon, like I said, clearly manifested itself. And How so? So me and my mom were talking in the kitchen one day and... I told her that when I go to hell, I'm going to have a throne in hell and that um, I'm going to have authority in hell and have some kind of control in hell. Mm. And see, that to me was the demon manifesting itself and making it known that this is evil that I'm dealing with here. Um, But God is so faithful and he found me in the midst of my sin. He... He knew what I was going through. He knew what was going to draw me in. And um, there was this woman who I had met. And originally in my mind when I met this woman, the only thing I was thinking about was lust. And this, so let me step back a little bit here. So we were, me and my mom were living in St. Charles during all this uh, demonic stronghold yeah that i was in um and then my mom finally made the decision she's like okay we got to get out of st charles we got to go back to alton so we moved back to alton and probably the first two months or so that we're in alton i'm still just continue going to the bars cocaine shrooms um sexual immorality all that you know and drinking and driving and um finally I met this woman, and I was lusting after her, you know. I had no no um, idea that, that Christ was in control of all this. Yeah. Um, and he knew I was lusting after her. He knew that I was going to be lusting after her. And so I'm, I'm, I met this woman. I'm lusting after her. And 
I was telling her of what my beliefs were, you know, um, trying to get convince her that the Bible's not real, that the Bible was false, and you know, just the being led by a demon, pretty mm-hmm. much. And um, she stood firm. She proclaimed the name of Jesus. She witnessed, and she invited me to church, and. So during that time, um, when she first invited me to church, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to church with her. I'm going to be open-minded and hopefully I can get what I want out of this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was like a week before we were going to church. Um, there was this deep, deep fear in me. Like there was fear inside of me. Like, what am I what am I doing? Like, yeah. I, you know, and I, I believe that this fear that I was feeling was like, okay, I believe that it was God warning me, don't mess with my people, you know. Um, you need to stop doing what you're doing. And I and I kept stiff-arming it throughout that week, you know. Um, but then two days before, I went to church with her. And it was exactly two nights before. I was standing there in my kitchen getting a glass of milk or something and um, I was just feeling so much guilt and shame and uh, remorse um, for the way I I had been behaving and how, you know, I was a deadbeat father at the time. All I cared about was myself. My kids weren't getting this attention that they need. So you uh, hadn't said anything about your kids yet? Oh, you got, you said kids? Kids, yeah. I got a daughter and a son. My okay. daughter's six, my son's four. Okay. Adeline and Dylan. All right. Um, and but so at you this know, point, I'm, you have, they have the kids and you're yeah. not really giving them any attention? Yeah, and I'm sure you guys can only imagine um, during that time in St. Charles and all the drinking and drugging what kind of father I was. Yeah. You know, okay. um, you know yeah. I would see them often, and in my mind, that was enough. I was doing the bare minimum. You know, they were coming over on weekends and, but they weren't getting the, the love and the affection. Um, yeah. They had a dad who was uh, on edge all the time when they were around because during, when they were around, I couldn't feed my flesh with alcohol and, and, um, yeah. you know, just, just on edge and irritable with them, not, mm-hmm. not treating them how they deserved. And, um, yeah. and when I was in my kitchen that night, that was one of the main things that was on my heart is, is, was the guilt and the shame of the way that I had been fathering my children. And, um, mm. and then the Holy Spirit came upon me and he reminded me that he died on the cross for me and that he rose from the dead and that he can deliver me and give me a better life and that the life that I was living was death Mm. and and that he loved me that was the the main thing is that he reminded me that even through all that he loved me and that he died to save me yes and um praise the lord yeah and so you're in your kitchen just yeah yeah and it was you know and um when that happened, it, it was like 
I, I still had a choice to stiff arm him at that point. But to me, I felt that that was my last opportunity. I felt that that was, his, that was my last time for him to speak to me so clearly. And he spoke to me so clearly that night. He said, Dylan, you're, I mean, and the, he doesn't speak audibly, but I, I believe that he speaks to the heart, and then yeah. the heart goes up to the mind. Mm-hmm. And he spoke to my heart, and it was just like, Dylan, you know that I am the way. You, you have known me all your life, and you denied me. You've been led astray. You've been led astray. You've been manipulated into believing lies. Yeah. Um, and when, when, that, when the Holy Spirit brought that to me, um, I lost it. I lost it mm. right there. And I, I prayed for forgiveness. I, I confessed all the blasphemy that I had com- committed and the lies that I had fallen for. Um, and I asked for forgiveness. And he, he made me aware that I was in spiritual warfare. He made me aware of that at that moment. And, mm-hmm. um, and I went and I typed in on Google Bible verses about spiritual warfare. And um, I came across Ephesians 6, the full armor of God. And um, I asked God to equip me with his armor. Let's read it. Ephesians 6? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's read it. Let's read Ephesians 6 here. Um, I'm going to say Ephesians 6 is, uh, reminds us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Yeah. So yeah, we got um, Ephesians 6, starting in in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Amen. Amen. Um, and it's so, it's such a um, mysterious thing how God works, because... You know, I read that that scripture and I prayed for God to equip me with His armor. And um, before that, I had no knowledge of scripture. I could never read and absorb anything. I could never open a book and read it and feel it and it just register. 
And um, I know that's not you now, because it's it, it, you know, and it's, you read it, that scripture, and it's it's such it's such a miracle because like after reading that and praying that he would equip me, I went to church with that woman two days later, and Pastor Stephen was reading in Ephesians, <laughs> and that's just there's yeah. no coincidences in the Holy Spirit. There's there's not. No. There's 66 and, other books. Yeah, and and he, he just happened to be studying Ephesians. Yeah, and um, I think let me go back here to Ephesians. I think we were in chapter two, maybe when I first got there. Um, I love how God does things like that. I mean, there's so many. They're not a coincidences. They're not. Yeah, and um, you know he he's sovereign. He has a plan. And uh, let's see. I think we were reading in chapter one. I could be mistaken, but I know that these words spoke to me so much. This is Ephesians was the first book in the Bible that I really was like, wow, you know, that is speaking directly to me, you know, Um, and. It says in, in uh, chapter 1, verse 11, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Um, and then it goes down to verse 13. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Yes, amen. And uh, and see, I I don't know for sure. Like, I don't know if I was sealed with the Holy Spirit when I was young and accepted Christ, or if I was sealed with Him um, last year when I was reconciled to Him. But I know that during all that darkness that I was going through, the Holy Spirit was still there. And I just kept stiff-arming him and kept yeah. um, quenching him. You know, that's what I was going to say. That's what the Bible calls it. Yeah. You um, quench the Holy Spirit. And yeah. then, like I said, you know, got there to the church, and he was reading Ephesians. And, um, you know, I had told this woman everything that happened. And um, she's, she's actually a traveling nurse. And, like, a, a week or so afterwards, she moved out of town and i've only seen her like four times since then (laughs) and when i think of it i I think of um i think it's is it philip and the ethiopian eunuch Uh, oh how and philip just disappeared yeah yeah he just he's carried on away somewhere else well brother the lord used her something mighty then yeah and uh praise god you know and then like a month later they were talking about baptisms, about doing water baptisms, and I was like, you know what? I need to get baptized. Yeah. I need to get baptized um, because I'm in, and uh, this is something I wanted to share too. Yeah. Um, let's see, we're we're in Second Corinthians, chapter five, verse seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The mm-hmm. old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
Uh, yeah. And I, looking back on that, like, I didn't realize that God was bringing me into the ministry, you know. I, but I knew that that person that I was before that was dead. Come on. Dead. Yeah. You know, he's dead. And I'm a new creation in Christ, you know. And um, like I said, I didn't have any knowledge of Scripture. But when I told Pastor John that I wanted to get baptized, he kind of asked me, you know, what I believed. And and I knew that that I was saved, you know. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was saved. And he was pretty much telling me, you know, baptism is a public testimony is of what's already happened yeah. in your heart you know and um you know looking back on my baptism you know it, it just is a testimony of i died with christ and i'll also be raised with him yeah you know um that's good because that old man's dead you know he's yeah. dead good this yeah. flesh that i walk in i consider it dead you know i'm alive in the spirit and, uh, so, so, you know, real quick, if you could, compare the state of your heart, how you felt inside. You know, I know, I know we still struggle as oh, Christians. Yeah. It's not like yeah. everything's perfect and we're just living this rainbow land with everything's amazing. Yeah. I know we still struggle, but we have an advocate. We have a helper. But what, explain for us, like, what was your heart condition like before Christ when you were on that pathway in that darkness, what was it like for you compared to how you feel now and how so, you deal with things um, now? One thing that I have to praise God for is the fact that I do struggle with sin. I struggle with it. But before, I lived for it and I mm. loved it. And mm. um, didn't struggle with it. I just lived for it, not even realizing that I was broken and that I was, that I was spiritually dead. Yeah, you know, um, I was spiritually dead, and there was a deep brokenness. There was a deep um, craving for life, for spiritual life. And when I accepted Christ, then the battle really began. You know, mm -hmm. the battle began at that point because I was like, okay, I'm tired of living this way, and I was seeking deliverance of seeking sanctification you know um but yeah you know there's peace in all of it though there's there's a a peace that i can't even fully understand you know uh he guards my heart and my mind and he gives me conviction um when i start struggling with things when i start getting distracted you know yeah um because I do get distracted sometimes, and I start thinking worldly sometimes. But then the Lord always reminds me, just focus on me. Just focus, yeah. just focus on the kingdom, you know. Um, and there's peace and there's joy in that. Yeah, I don't get everything that I want, but I have everything that I need. Amen. You know, and um, I can rest in that. <laughs> Whereas before, if I didn't get anything, if I didn't get what I wanted... I was having a meltdown in my heart and in my mind. Yeah. Where it's like now, if I don't get what I want, then I know that that wasn't God's will for me and that he's only not giving me what I want because he's protecting me from myself and from the world and from the enemy, mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
which is three enemies, yeah. you know, yeah, the right. flesh, the world, and yeah. the demons, yeah. you know. Um, wow. You know, so. This is so good, Dylan. Wow, yeah. I, I, you know, so thankful that you came to And I'm just so blessed that I, that I got to meet you, you know. It's like there's no coincidences with yeah. the Holy Spirit. And, you know, here I was seeing uh, a lady reading her Bible at the coffee shop and decided to go up to her and she invited me to your prayer meeting. And then I just knew the first time I met you, I was like, he's got the anointment. And I've seen it. I knew it right away that you had the anointment and that God had brought us together. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that I that I pray for a lot is unity in the body of Christ. That's right. Because um, we can't, there shouldn't be division among churches just because we're a different church. Mm-hmm. We are the church. Amen. There's one church. And who's the king? Jesus. Yes. Jesus is the head. Yes. Um, and, you know, I feel like that it's, it's somewhat of a problem that some churches are divided. Um, some churches look at it as if it's like a competition when really we should come together and unite as the church. Um, yes. You know, um, what can the church do for the community? Mm-hmm. Not just the bridge, not just restoring hope church, not just, uh, the Baptist church down here. What can the church do yeah. for the community? How can we all unite and come together for the community? That's the question. You know, can we, and, can we lay aside our differences, put aside our pride, our titles, our positions, right? And can we just be the body? Can we be the body? Right. And really love. Amen. Not just Amen. with words, but with deed and truth yes you know yes. speak the word in love mm-hmm. and i definitely do believe that god has put us together for a reason yeah not just for this interview this is a part of it mm-hmm. um, i'm going to be talking to you about that after this okay yeah um i would like you if you don't mind because jesus jesus would come on the scene and he would say the time is fulfilled the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent and believe the gospel. Mm. He says for us to believe this gospel. Turn away from our sins. Mm. Turn away from it. But he said, believe this gospel. And so, if you don't mind, I always ask this question in all my interviews is, um, what is the gospel to you, Dylan? So the gospel to me is that I was dead, spiritually dead in my sin. And that Jesus lived the life that I could never live. He died the death that I deserved, and he rose from the dead and conquered death. And then he ascended up into heaven. He left his Holy Spirit down here on earth, and I've received the Holy Spirit who gives me conviction and assurance that one day I will be raised up with him. Amen. Whether whether I fall asleep which means death, if I die, I know that one day, I know that absent from the body is present with the Lord, Mm -hmm. but if I die, I know that one day my body will be raised up and made perfect with him. Uh, I'll be made in the likeness of his, my lowly body will be made in the likeness of his glorious body. And you know that. I know it. You don't doubt that anymore. I, I don't doubt it. Not, there's no doubt in my mind. And that's the thing. Um, 
this to me is not just a belief. This is a, a knowledge. This is something that I know, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith, you know. Um, I believe that it is only by the work of the Holy Spirit that I have been brought into this knowledge. Yeah. You know. Um, You've experienced him. Yes, yes. You live with him. You know he's with you. Yeah, and when I think about, when I, th- when I go back and I think about it, and I think about the Apostle Paul who's persecuting the church and then the Lord meets him on Damascus, Damascus Road. And we don't battle against flesh and blood. Um, this is a spiritual war that we're in. And here I was, led by a demonic force, persecuting the church spiritually because I was trying to get her to believe what I believed. Yeah. You know, yeah. which was an attack on her You were getting soul. ready to go in and do that. Yeah. And, and the Lord met me right there you know with your uh, milk milk cup yeah yeah it's just like what we just read you know he he brings us into the ministry yeah anybody who is who's in christ christ has a ministry that he wants us he wants us to go out Mm -hmm. and and shine as as lights in the world amen you know um so yeah like i said the gospel to me is the fact that he lived the life that I never could live. He died the death I deserve, and he rose. He ascended. He gave his Holy Spirit, and he's coming back. Amen. You know. So I got one more question. I feel I'm, I'm supposed to ask. So are you telling me? Are you telling me there is only one way to heaven? Absolutely. Jesus is. How the could way. you be so arrogant? <laughs> he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man come to the Father but by him. Yes. Jesus is Lord. He said that, didn't he? Yes, he did. Praise God. Yep, and his Holy Spirit confirms it. Yeah. His Holy Spirit confirms it in my heart, mm. you know. Um, yeah, I believe it, buddy. Yeah. I believe it. All right, well, um, I can't wait to just hear more about your journey where God takes you. And uh, like I said, I'm so thankful for you for coming out here and just sharing with us your life. And again, um, by the way, you're a tattoo artist where? Uh, at Enigma in the Del Mar Loop. Enigma, the Delmar Loop. Um, how, how could uh, Dylan Crushley? So they could call Enigma Delmar Loop. They want to get a tattoo done. Maybe meet you. Well, talk to me uh, about Jesus. I just want to touch on that. Anybody who sees this, pray for me that um, that God provides that open door, which I believe He has provided that open door for me to get out of the industry. Okay. Um, but like we were talking about earlier, there is struggles in this walk, and I've been procrastinating stepping into that you know mm-hmm. i've been procrastinating um i would love to devote my life fully to the ministry um, which i know that being out there as a tattoo artist is part of the ministry you know i'm, I'm always witnessing i'm always trying to plant seeds he can use it wherever yeah and um but there's a strong pulling away from that because i being there is it's almost like lot in yeah. the city of in the city of Sodom yeah. you know um it's damaging to my soul it's yeah. not healthy for my soul being there there's so many temptations that i face in the tattoo industry um well again this is God just leading you you yeah. know he's leading you speaking to you so yeah um but like i said you know there's a lot of things and the Lord has given me strength to turn away from these things that while I'm there, you know, um, 
Yeah. But I, I feel as if when I'm there and when I'm tattooing and drawing on people, it takes my mind off of the kingdom and it puts my mind on tattooing. Yeah. And I just want to give you a plug, though, you know, because my wife has tattoos. I mean, I have one, but... You know, I if there's if there's a bad, I don't think it's if there's a Christian out there that wants a tattoo, I'd love to go see you. That's yeah, all I know. Yeah, if you want sure. a tattoo, I don't think tattoos are bad. I just think for me personally, yeah, being in the industry is not um, helping. Brother, it just sounds like you're yeah. being called yeah. it's just to a different place. That's all. Yeah. All right. Um, would you like to close us in prayer? Sure. Yeah. All right. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you this time, Lord. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for fellowship, Lord. I pray that whoever hears this today, Lord, I pray that your spirit would move powerfully on them. Yes, Anybody who is lost, Lord, who has experienced some of these things, Lord, I pray that you would reveal to them the same way that you revealed to me, Lord, who you are and what you've done for them, Lord. Not just me, but what you've done for the entire world, yes. Lord Jesus, on the cross. Mm. Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we just pray that you be glorified in this community and in this nation, Lord. We pray for revival in this yes. nation. Lord, we pray that you set the captives free. Lord, and let your will be done, Lord. Our will is flawed, but your will is perfect. Yes. Lord, help us to walk in your will and in your image. Let your light shine through us. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My dude, come here, man. Oh. Bring it in. Oh, praise God. Wow. What a story. Dylan, a man that had experienced so much by the age of 26 years old. And I love how, you know, he just got this passion and this heart and this love for Jesus. What happened? He had an encounter with the Savior all by himself alone in a kitchen because a, some woman invited him to church. And so if you're a Christian, let that give you confidence to invite people to church, to talk to them about Jesus, because you never know. The Lord may be using you to bringing someone into the light out of their darkness. And if you've never received Jesus Christ, maybe you're an atheist. You've never even considered the possibility because of you, know, you have all these arguments built up in your mind that he's not real and you block him out of your life. Jesus is real. And he will come to you if you seek him. And he will give you more than knowledge. He will shine his light into your heart. For 2 Corinthians 4, 6 reads, For it is God who commanded, Let light shine out of the darkness to bring the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Christ. So we thank you for listening to this podcast today. And if it blessed you and encouraged you, will you please help us share this word, get it out to other people by liking, subscribing, following, and just again, just sharing it out there so more and more people can hear these stories because they're real and they're authentic and they just, they're relatable and they're just, they defeat the enemy. Jesus is the truth. And this is all about him. The Truth Be Told podcast. Thank you for listening. God bless.